Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8 and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week we return to Hyrule in Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past Part 2. Welcome back to The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. This is part two of what looks like to be a three-part series. <laughs> it's a beefy game, so yeah, if you want to check out some uh, gameplay and our personal experiences, you'll hear them last week in uh, episode one. So if you want to go over any of the items or that kind of thing, that's the episode to check out. And we also talked about our personal experiences with this game last week, and uh this week, we've got just a little few things to talk about before we get into this game level by level, but let's start with the manual. Now, I normally ask you if it's a good manual, but as I once owned this game and poured over it <laughs> nightly, I can tell you this is a great manual, is it not? Oh, it is. Uh, one of the best we've seen, um, if not the best. It's uh, full color. You get a, a whopping 46 pages here with a lot of the great like anime style like artwork in it and stuff. Full color screenshots all throughout. It very clearly tells you what you're doing and shows you what it looks like, etc. Oh, yeah. Now, there is a bit of artwork in there, too, is there not? Oh, yeah. it's the, And it's the style that, like, you know, it's uh, similar to in the first Legend of Zelda instruction book where I was convinced again where I'm like, this looks like it's from an anime. Like, yeah, there's yeah. got to be a Zelda cartoon out there in Japan, but t- there was not. But yeah, I mean, it explains, it goes through just about every item that, you know, we already talked about, uh, explains all that, you know, and, you know, kind of goes over things about dungeons that, you know, we kind of didn't touch on, you know, you still have your map and compass, but you also get like the big key, Mm -hmm. you know, the big chest and... I figured we'd talk about that a little bit more once we got to a dungeon, but yeah, Yeah. definitely. Well, yeah, it's just, I mean, nothing too big, but, you know, explains it all. Um, it, It does have a short enemy section. Okay. Which only has like 10 enemies. There's a oh, lot of man. familiar ones, but the artwork's really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's one thing about this game is that the definition increase really changes how I looked at a lot of enemies, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. it's uh, You you get a clearer kind of view of what they intended, you know, as opposed to like referring to the manual. to be like, what the heck is an Octorok? But yeah, so you get that. Um, there's an interesting, something we didn't touch on earlier, but uh, I did. I made a special note is uh, they refer to this in the manual as well, is the fortune teller. Oh yeah, there is a fortune teller in the game, and you also have your fortune told by the one of the great fairies if you, if you uh, donate money to her fountain. Mm, yeah, well, it's, um, it's, the big thing is that it's like if you don't know where to go, you go to the fortune teller, they give you hints to help you, you know, which is a cool feature, I think, for games that are, you know, uh, oh, okay. open-ended, you know. Yeah, I never went to the fortune teller. I remember it not being useful. So yeah, I guess I that's I never why. did either. <laughs> the, then I was mistaken because the one, uh, the fairy I'm talking about, she just tells you if you're going to have like a good day or a bad day. And that oh, just tells you yeah. how many drops you're going to have from the next 10 right. innings. Right. Yeah. Great luck. Good luck. Yeah. That kind bad of thing. luck, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and throughout it, um, also similar to the first book, there's lots of little just, like, standalone hints at the bottoms of pages and stuff. That yeah, are, it's really packed of... with uh, tips and tricks. For sure. And, uh, it again, like the first one, comes with a full map, a fold-out uh, kind of poster-sized map. Of the light world. Yeah, you just get the light world, but on the reverse side, you get full maps of the first three dungeons. So right. You should be able to take your way through that easily. And it also came with a special secret, uh, top-secret 
pamphlet. Yes, sealed. Sealed with a Triforce sticker. Um, it warns you. It's like, these are messages from Sahasrala. You know, it's uh, don't open this or you might ruin the game. And we had talked off mic that we, we had both forgotten that that thing even existed. Yeah, I was. I, it really took me back because I was like, oh, man, like I remember... I don't, I, you know, I definitely didn't crack it open right away because, I mean, at least as far as the early game went, I already knew what I was doing from months of Nintendo Power research. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, so it definitely had some spoilers in there and stuff, but I, you know, didn't matter this time, and I don't remember... None of them were too heavy, though. No, it's just like, if you're stuck here, here's the item, or, you know, Mm -hmm. some of the... I mean, this game's pretty uh, straightforward in letting you know what to do and, you know, where to do it and when. Yeah, definitely. There's just a few things that are obtuse. And those are mainly side items or quests that aren't needed, you know, to, for completion of the game. Yeah, or like heart container pieces. That's really, the most hidden stuff is that. Yes. Now, I do remember a lot about this manual, but uh, I do not remember any uh, notes notes pages? Memo no, section? no, I think we're kind of past that at this point, so. I yeah, mean, I mean, I guess there's not, there's a few places you could have uh written down some notes maybe something one of the villagers or someone said but yeah well sure i i agree but i mean at what i don't know it's a little instruction manual is well, you know, why would you pages? just use paper like yeah and this know? was already how many pages 46 there so. you go so no complaints it's a beautiful manual go check it out well nick here we are once again in the general chat portion of the show a little earlier than normal, but uh, I, I've got to say, man, is this game just epic? I mean, it is not the biggest game I've ever played on a you know older system, but right, it's the most fleshed out world. You know, it, it's an area that you don't mind traveling from end to end again. Yeah, it's. I mean, one thing is that you know you you're definitely looking at enlarged kind of spriteish stuff in mm-hmm. a way. You know, so it in in a way it's like this Hyrule feels more like. A valley of high, not the whole, you know, continent kind of stuff. Right. Like, it feels kind of uh, zoomed in more than a previous Zelda. But it just feels more full, I think, than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh... And that might be the graphics as well. Everything's so lush. I mean, every sprite is so detailed, colorful. Um, the layering of things, the shadows on the ground. I mean, it all comes together to create just a very full and realized world. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's... a. The graphics are awesome. They're very, you know, cartoony, but in a good way. Um, very, you know, especially in the light world, you've got bright, uh, vibrant, you know, everything's, you know, it's a sunny day, you know. Oh, yeah. It looks great. And then when you go to the dark world, you've got the more dull and dreary, kind of dull browns and mm-hmm. dingy looking stuff. So you get that kind of contrast there that's nice. While we're talking about graphics, though, I remember reading about this and I was like, where Link has pink hair. Yes. And I was like, no, he doesn't. And I went back. He clearly does. He like, does. It is does very much have pink hair in this it, game. Now, I didn't play this on a CRT. Mm-hmm. Does that fuzz it out a little, cover it? Did you? Or, you um, know, like... You know, I don't know. It might, because I did not play this uh, on a CRT. I played it on my Wii U. Oh. Uh, which is... I, I just... Not. It makes me wonder. I mean, because I'm like... I had no idea, like, but it's very pink, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't understand how, you know, that's the only thing I could come up with, why I'm like, how did I not notice at all? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, along those lines, everything is just so much brighter, especially in the in the light world. Uh, all of the characters are just popping with color. Uh, and the mm-hmm. enemies, I mean, even the, you know, guards. Yeah, yeah. On the bright end of the red, green, and blue spectrum. Sure, they're, yeah, the primary color guards, um... 
I really like the way just about everything looks, and it has a very uh, very squat and round. Yeah, and I mean, but it's like there's a little there's a level of like implied detail in the in the maps and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like it looks very, you know, I love all the uh, the little buildings and stuff, the doors, all these like there are certain areas that I really appreciated where I was like, I feel like most games would have outlined in between these two shades of mm-hmm. brown or gray, but you just left it, you know, it's it's a a style I really like. Yeah, for the most part, I agree. There's a few enemies that I feel just a little too rounded for me that uh. You know, yeah, they don't work on the cutesy edge of things, and they just yeah. kind of look a little more muddled to me than their old school counterpart. Yeah, it doesn't look as dangerous, and that's what I want out of certain enemies. Well, this is kind of I feel like a shift away slightly from action towards mm-hmm. the puzzle end. You know, from the previous games, um, as well as you know, this is we kind of touched on it last week, but this is uh, more linear, I think, than at least the first Zelda. Oh, definitely more linear. Um, and you know, you know this really sets up the path like we said for every other zelda for years right with your progression of okay the game starts and you have three maybe four starter dungeons that you can go to maybe out of order and then Mm. from there you unlock the main quest of the game and then it's you know you almost always you know a boss will require an item to beat it that is found in its dungeon and you know um you may or may not i mean a lot of these items get used out in the world as well but sometimes they don't you know Yes, and it also sets up the progression of the sword with the master sword in there as part mm. of the progression. I mean, it's very similar to the first one, but there's usually an extra requirement to getting the master sword. You have to bring certain things together or whatnot. Right, not just hearts. Yeah, not just having the certain amount of health. So it becomes a quest objective that you fulfill, you know, usually by defeating that first wave of, of yeah. uh, castles or whatever it is in, in that particular Zelda game. Right, right. Now, another thing that I feel started here in this Zelda is, and on purpose, not maybe in the second one, not as on purpose, but the kind of weird vibe you get from people and places. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's just a lot more like strangeness, goofiness involved. Um, I know part of that was probably the localization, but I felt like that's something they kept. Well, I mean, even, uh, you know, like when you first go to the dark world and there's that dude kicking the other, the bog boy mm-hmm. around, you know, and it's like, like this could have just been a person, you yeah. know, with a message, but you know, they give it, you know, it, it does kind of lean heavily, more heavily than previous into cartoony looking, you know, like, right. especially to me. And, and the, what does that the, guy say to you? He's like, um, they just talk about, you know, you're he's like a weird guy or something. Yeah. He's like, Oh, you're from the light world I, you know we got sent here and then later you come back with the moon pearl and it's like oh you must be tough or something you know yeah now this also introduces like uh the chicken scenario oh for yeah. the first time and kind of on along those same lines of that weirdness and fun goofiness where if you attack a chicken it will fly away but if you attack it too much it will summon an army of chickens yeah it's um i remember discovering that on my own and laughing my butt off while i was getting attacked by hundreds of chickens so and, you know, it's something that I think they've kept in every Zelda since then. Oh, yeah? I I can vouch that it's in the latest Zelda that we've played, or I've played, the Breath of the Wild. So. Mm. so, does that work? Okay, you know you're in the dark world, and instead of chickens, you have, like, skeleton chickens. I don't know, because I I didn't want to find out. I didn't try. I was like, man, I bet these guys are tough, so they're, they're undead chickens. Exactly. That's why. In fact, I would hit them on accident, usually, and be like, get this enemy. And I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> it's, it's an undead chicken. Please don't. Don't bring the horde. Yeah, and um, another big thing, too, is like while in we did see towns and stuff in Zelda 2, this is, you know, those are just a couple buildings and people. But mm-hmm. here you've got an actual village. It's like a real setting with lots of different, you know, 
you've got those signs around that are like, you know, hey, this is, you know, it shows a little picture of your face. And it's yeah. like, this guy kidnapped the princess. Look out. And people will report you to guards and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that took me a minute. I remember when I was younger playing through, I didn't apparently read what that lady was yelling first at first. So I couldn't. Oh. Figure, I never. It took me so long to figure out like why she always triggered guards coming. I right, I'd right. read it as that she was trying to help me or something like <laughs> not help guards come. Like help the guards are coming this way, and I'm like I can never get in the door. And like what? What's she trying to pull? She slams it before I can get there, and guards come. What a jerk. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, the town more so than other places. But this game has a lot more persistent characters that you know. I think almost every one of them, their dialogue changes as you progress through the quest in some way or a particular quest for them. Gotcha. So there's a lot more, you know, people to interact with. And, you know, they, they have a little more charm than the Zelda 2 characters. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. and I mean, this is a much more intimate game. Like, you know, little details are just like, you know, people actually have houses they can live in. Granted, there's only like 12 of them in the whole village, but mm-hmm. it's still, it's, it's nice. Different sizes, you know, different things. Wait, areas to explore and poke around. Well, there are so many fine points and details to talk about in this game that really we're just beating around the bush. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Let's get right into the story of this game, and that's the only way, I think, to take this game level by level. All right. Well, this game starts off with quite a bang, or should I say a bang of thunder? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you, you are asleep at the very beginning, actually. You're in the bed in your little house with your uncle. Yeah, you've got a house this time. You're not just, like, starting from a cave or rolling into a, a, a town or <laughs> whole new land. You are a citizen of this place. Yeah, and um, you uh, you know, you can hear, I, I really love, uh, you can hear the rain outside. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, uh, you know, it's a little dark, it's nighttime, and your uncle, you know, you see him kind of strap on his sword and shield and tells you to just wait here, I'm going to go take care of some business. But the whole time, you've been getting telepathic messages from Princess Zelda, who's kidnapped. She tells you she's in the dungeon. Come come save me. She needs your help. And, um, well, before you leave this room, you find that you can pick up and throw pots, just like you always were able to do in that first one. And there is a chest in this room, and that chest contains your very first item. Yeah, the lantern. So this will uh, help you light the way in the dungeon. But as you step outside, it doesn't really do much, but... But this, man, does it look awesome. Yeah, I really love it. You know, it's it's the nighttime. You got the rain coming out. And it's uh, when you realize the awesome effect where the rain is, uh, the sound is dampened inside yes. your house. So when you come out, it's like you're, you're going out into the elements. Yeah, and there's a couple layers to this rain that look really great. You know, you've got the splashes on the ground. You've got that overlay. And then you're also realizing for the first time that, you know, when there's lightning, this world can be light. I mean, there's a mm. different lighting on this on the on the entire scheme of the world right now, and it's just this level of detail right off the bat is really amazing and really immerses you into this game. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I was I remember being a little. Uh, the worst thing about this is that um, it's like the only time you see night, or you know, mm. you'll see rain against one more time. But yeah, I remember a preview or in Nintendo Power where they talked. They're like, this time Link will have to battle the elements, which really I was like, wow. I can't wait to see all the different, the weathers and stuff. And, you know, I was like, maybe there's a night system, you know, day-night cycle. Right, right. But it's like, no. But, I mean, it's still great. But it kind of uh, teased me, I guess. <laughs> and from here, you have to make your way to the castle. Now, there are guards about. And the one thing is, is you do not have any weapons right now. No. All you can do is maybe pick up bushes and throw them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's, the game corrals you pretty 
uh, quickly into the castle. You know, there's you get a, a little hint as well from the princess. Yeah, and there's there are guards that are you know at uh, exits and entrances to other screens or at the bridge. You know, it's like you just can't get through. And then once you find your little secret entrance on the right side, you fall down into the dungeon of this place and very quickly discover that your uncle is in trouble he has seen better days he is uh lying there or he's sitting there with his back against the wall looks uh defeated Mm -hmm. and uh offers you his sword and shield and as well as he reminds you about your spin attack your special you know charge up move which you get right away so that's kind of amazing right off the bat you have a sword you get your shield instantly you don't have to buy that off the bat which is a nice bonus and now you also have your super attack ready to roll which makes me wonder, too, about, um, you know, who killed the uncle? Was it one of these stupid rats? Well, the rats are the only enemies you find down here. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I wondered that myself. What a wuss, man. Well, you know, yeah. I don't know what he thought he was going to do. Like, if you could get here with no sword and shield, you're fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, what's his deal? I don't know. But you're going to use that sword and shield right off the bat because this place is crawling with uh, rats, which can be kind of annoying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the rats, the uh, you get some of the bats, right? I'm assuming they're keys from the first one. I didn't see them. I don't think they're named in the manual. Yeah. Uh, are Do snakes appear down here yet? Or is that in a dungeon eventually? I, I think that's in the... No, nope, there's some snakes down yeah. here. And uh, they all operate on the same rules as they always have. Yeah, the ropers still, they'll charge at you uh, if you're, you know, horizontally or vertically across from them. Yes. Now, the whole point of your being in this castle is to rescue the princess. So you've got to find your way up into and uh, down again to mm-hmm. find her cell. Yeah. And this, um, you know, this is your kind of intro level. So there's quite a few concepts that are brought out in the first time here. You'll see the pits where you can knock guys off or fall off mm-hmm. throwing. Uh... And if you fall into a pit, you don't die instantly. You just lose <sighs> a half heart and then you're put back to the beginning of the room. Which, yes, if you died, that would be horrible. But, um, you know, that's, you know, and it shows you a lot of strategy here where you can, you know, knock the guys off with by throwing pots at them or just, you know, hitting them with your sword. There's an amount of knockback to both of you. Right. And I think you encounter all the different forms of knight in this area. You find sword guys, the guys with the spear, and then Mm -hmm. also uh, the ball and chain guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he will be, once you get down to the very end, you'll find yourself in the actual jail room. Um, you will get the boomerang on your way down down here, too, right? Yes, the original short-distance blue boomerang. The blue boomerang. But then you come to your first, I guess, mini-boss. He's the um, He is named as a ball-and-chain trooper in the manual. So okay. Uh, appropriately so. He is a knight with a ball-and-chain. He swings around and... There's several ways to fight him, really. Um, Throwing pots. That's the way to go. That's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, it only takes three, and I feel like it's maybe even stronger than your sword. Uh, it is, I think, at this point. And there are three pots uh, in a jail cell adjacent to the yes. princess. So hint, hint. Once you defeated him, you can rescue the princess. Or you get a key. Or do you even need a key to get into these ones? There are certain weird, like... yeah. Just gated doors you just have to hit to go through. I think I think it's that you need, you need at least need some kind of key because he drops it. Because I don't think okay. you can get in there till you kill him. Well, once you have rescued her, there is a chest next to her which conta- contains the big key that mm-hmm. you need. Right. Now, this is a new concept here yeah. in the, the Zelda universe. The big key. So, the big key is used to unlock the large chest or mm-hmm. big chest. And that has your... Lo- the that has the dungeon item in it. Yeah, the big treasure. And it's also usually needed to unlock the final path to the boss. Yeah, the old 
there are different looking doors with a much larger keyhole. So imagine that. Well, you won't have to because you have the big key, and now you can make your way all the way up. Yeah, Zelda tells you, she's like, there's a secret passage in the throne room, so we need to head up. So you backtrack out of the uh, dungeon, and then you're back in the castle proper. Yes, and you should know where the throne room is by now. You can make your way in there easy peasy. Yeah, and, I mean, there's not a lot of a uh, castle for you to get around to without, you know, you're like, you go up the only stairs up and then there's a door, bada boom, bada bing, you're in there. Now it's cool that Zelda follows you in this area, but it's even cooler that she doesn't get hurt. It's not an yeah. escort mission. It's just a yes. cool little visual little trick. Yeah. And I mean, also this castle looks really cool. Um, it's, and, and it, um, you can see the strict, you know, this is a top down, not a three quarters view. So you get to see the walls on the sides and bottoms of the screen. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like a golden looking yellowish rock castle. You know, the dungeon's dark and blue and stuff. And once you find the secret passage in the throne room, it is behind the throne. Yeah, you have to like push it. You, you and Zelda team up and work together. And then you have another short series of passages to get to the secret location. And then you're introduced to one more mechanic right before you leave that, which is the set of big levers that you pull. Yeah, yeah. And if you choose the wrong one, it drops a bunch of snakes on you. Yes. You choose the correct one. I think it's the right one. And you Mm -hmm. open up a secret passage into the, quote, sanctuary, end quote, church full of stained glass (laughs) windows. Yeah, this is definitely a church. Um, Also, in that little passage... uh, from the castle is the first area you'll see a crack on the rock that you actually can't bomb. This will be the first area you can use Pegasus boots to ram through. Oh, okay. But you can also use a bomb if you want it. Oh, really? I thought there were certain ones that looked different. I thought were only... Well, those ones you can use a bomb or Pegasus boots. Oh. Oh. It's not exclusive to the Pegasus boots. It's just that you don't have to waste a bomb on it. Gotcha. Which is good early in the game, but once you've got like 50, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's just rupees in here anyways. Right. But yeah, so um, you'll get out there. The priest slash wizard will, you get your first heart container mm-hmm. here. And um, he tells you to go see the sage, yes, Sahasrala the, or Sahasrala or however that you is, choose. That's in the village. That's where he tells you that guy's at. So I guess you are off to the village then. But if you don't want to go straight to that guy, there are a couple things you can do. In fact, there is a ton of stuff to do in that village right when you get there. Yeah, there's um, lots of, you know, light exploration, kind of. You know, you can get yeah. your first two bottles here. Mm-hmm. Assuming you, I think you buy one. There's, you know, the guy sitting on the carpet in the village square, kind yes. of. He sells you one. How much is that, like a hundred rupees or something? I don't know. He won't sell it to you until you get the net and you yeah, find the little boy from it. Right? Right, right. Yeah, it's a hundred rupees. Mm. Now, um, you can also run up and grab the mushroom real quick if you want. Oh, yeah. That's just out there. In, just sitting right there. In the Lost Woods, in the, in the entrance, kind of. Or... Mm-hmm. And, you know, this town is really cool. There's a, there's houses for each of the inhabitants. There's a couple mysterious places. There's a well. You've got the weather vane. And every part of this village is useful at some point. You know, you mm-hmm. pretty much interact with one of these houses or places to achieve one of your quest goals. Yeah. But right off the bat, like you said, you want to buy your uh, you want to buy your first bottle. Mm-hmm. You uh, can grab some uh, bombs and arrows whenever you want. In the bottom left, there's a building that has a wall you can blow open. Right, it's just full of them all the time. It's wonderful. Uh, and then the second bottle, you go through the back entrance of the bar. Yeah, you can see it from. Uh, you have to like cut down some bushes or grass mm-hmm. to get in there. It's just you know 
Yeah, it's all around. I think there is there a shop in the town too. Uh, well, there's the, the the guy in the middle that sells stuff. Mm. Uh, there's the bug catching net that you can get right away from talking to the sick kid. He's in one yeah. of the houses, so right away get that. Personally, in my playthrough of the game, I uh, used this opportunity to go south, blow up a hole in the wall between the quarreling brothers. Uh huh. Yeah. And you can get a heart container right away there, piece of the heart. And you also get access to the 15 second game. Yeah. yeah. At that point as well. Which you can, you get a heart piece there as well? Heart container in there as well. So, and that's one of the easiest games in the, uh, many games in this game to I get thought, a container out of. I remember thinking, I was like, well, you probably can't do it to get the Pegasus boots, but you can. Um, I was and, able to do it first try. Like, yeah. You know, I was like, oh, like, I, I was like, I'll see how close I get. And it was like 16 seconds. And I was like, oh, well, I can do this then. <laughs> like, yeah. And it just second try, you know, it, it nailed an, it. Yeah. Once you know the path to take, it's not hard at all. Not yeah. hard at all. And then, um. The other thing I did, if you want to get a little adventurous, is you can run all the way over to the magic hut, the witch's house or whatever it is, on the far right side of the board, mm-hmm. and you can give her the mushroom right then. Oh, get the power, so you can get the powder started. Get your magic powder right away. You could, and you know, as long as you have uh, bombs, you can go all the way down to the lake, and you know, you have to go around it mm-hmm. through the marsh and stuff, but you can get the ice rod right away. You could. Now, I didn't. <laughs> I did this. I got the powder because it's really easy just to run the five screens to the right and, and, you know, grab this. Then you have the magic powder right away. And while it's not amazing, it, it is useful. So It gets, yeah, it's very useful. But finally, you talk to the sage. Or do you? Oh, no. Actually, you'll find he's his, not there. What's his nephew or something? Is <laughs> Yes. He eventually is like, you know, oh, well, my uncle's not here, but he's in the, the eastern ruins. Yes. Well, and then you can go talk to his wife, I think. Mm, yeah, okay. Yeah, because the priest marks, he's like, I'll mark the spot. You know, mm-hmm. go to the village. And you go there, and then once you uh, find out where the sage is. His wife, and it's his grandson. And they'll they'll be like, he went off to the, someplace in the far far west. Yeah, and they, they'll, they'll mark it on your... Remember. Yeah. I don't remember what they say to you, but they mark it on your map. And that's what's important. And you pretty much just go straight right to get there. So, <laughs> but yeah, you just head off to the eastern ruins. Um Along the way, you're going to see a bunch of weird, uh, you know, you'll see Octoroks, mm-hmm. um, which, I don't know, they look kind of small and dinky, I thought. That's, that's you, know? The, you know, when I when I said that comment about some of them being a little more rounded and not as threatening, that's one of the ones that really stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you'll see those and... Um, like, they were kind of fierce in the first one. Yeah, or so, I mean, at that point, it's like graphics are so symbolic as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know what I mean, where I'm like, maybe, you know, we're connecting dots that weren't there, maybe? Maybe. But also in that area, uh, along with the Octoroks, there are some uh, statues, evil statues that will come alive. Yeah, I believe these are uh, these are Armos, uh, yeah, another just repeat like offender. Yeah. But they're they're like they look way different. They're taller and they kind of hop around. They hop you around. And... They don't turn like sentient. Yeah, yeah. Like the first ones did. I think th- these guys are weak against bow arrows, but you don't have a bow yet. But eventually, you'll wander around there and you'll get to that room where you meet the sage. Yes. Who, you know, he kind of is like, yeah, I'm glad you're here. This is a test. Uh, go into this dungeon. And you can bomb behind him. There's like a, I don't think it's just money and stuff. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Yeah, I, man, I had no, I, again, I thought I was like, those are for the boots only. So I didn't even try, but yeah. Yeah. So you'll, you'll head a little more to the East uh, and you're into your first real dungeon. Yeah. Now let's talk the entrance to this dungeon real quick, because 
one thing I do love about this game is they really continued from the first Zelda the bizarre and epic entrances to these dungeons. Oh, right. Like with the first the, the first rooms when you come in? Well, not just that. Like when, before you even go in, there's always like weird head statues. There's something creepy. Yeah. There's like um, you know, a row of just weird owl-like things. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, they're nice details for sure. Well, they, they let you... They make me feel like I'm going into like a totally different place. Like this was not created by the citizens of this area. Some yeah. other force created this dungeon. <laughs> Chozos or something. Pretty much. And this dungeon, well, it, it really introduces the concept of uh, multiple levels. Oh, yeah. You're going to see. I mean, I, in one of the first rooms where you can see the path above you that you that crosses over where you are, where there's mm-hmm. the there's this, the iron ball section where there's yeah. something churning out these uh you know, iron balls, you got to kind of dodge as they come at you. And we'll continue for many Zelda games. Yeah, yeah. And um, so there's a lot of crossing over. I think, is this the first area where you'll start seeing the, like, chain link floor where you can see through? Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, well, I don't know if they're new enemies, but maybe they're just reinterpretations of enemies. There's that weird, I don't know, tubey looking purple and orange thing. yeah i don't know they look like sea anemones kind of kind of yeah yeah i i was wondering i was like i don't know what those are supposed to be but they're not too hard they're just kind of like no. your your goomba or whatever they just move around yeah they're like moving grass almost uh very very weak there will be this is also i believe yeah in the big chest room this establishes kind of uh at least in this game where you'll see those kind of big pots they're like even bigger the gray ones you can't mm-hmm. move and those generally if you see those in any dungeon and you can fall inside them they'll take you to a little fairy room yes which is the key for some of these later levels i didn't um i remember it from later in the game i didn't realize um that you could do it in this one when i you know from my memories Mm -hmm. but when i was looking at i was like wait there's a little ledge because there are certain ledges you can hop off of and you'll see a few of those i think by now you would have seen one at least in the village so you you know what to do there now you also get the Stalfos appear for the first time here in this mm, game. Yeah. And there's a little different mechanic to how they react to you. Yeah, they're jerks, man. Like Basically, they dodge your attack and jump backwards. And Yeah, it can be very frustrating. You, like, <laughs> you pretty much have to use the boomerang. Yeah, or... And on their head, that's the key factor. Yeah, because later you'll get some where the heads come off and attack you. Mm-hmm. There's uh, different levels of, of Stalfos here that's uh, it's pretty cool. Now, just like the very first Zelda... In each dungeon, you can find a compass and a map, mm-hmm. and those will show you the locations of chests, the big chest, and the map will show you, you know, what each room looks like and how they link up. Right, as well as the boss, you still get the skull. The big old skull. Now, also, it's uh, noted that if you had gotten that magic powder, this is your first encounter with the anti-fairies. Oh, yeah. And they are those little skulls. With the orbs around them. Mm-hmm. You always want to use some powder on them. Bonus fairy. Oh, man, yeah. Now, this dungeon incorporates your first le- uh, incorporates your first button pressing puzzles, where you have to like drag or leave something, I think, on a mm-hmm. button to keep a door or area open. You got to keep that weight down, man. Yes. You know, this one's not too maze-ish. Not really. Um, it's more just about, like... Getting, uh, establishing like the standard dungeon kind of uh, concepts where get the big key, you know, get your treasure, which in this one, the treasure is the bow. Yes. Which you don't start with arrows, but you've probably picked up some by now. One thing that does make this uh, Zelda a little more unique compared to the other two before it, and even some of the ones after, 
is that many of the dungeons have one larger central room. Oh, right, yeah. There become different ways to go around or through that room that unlock as you progress through the dungeon. Yeah, you'll be coming back over certain areas, like, where you'll be like, how do I get up there now? And then you come back, you know, different um, elevations of entrances and such, so ladders, etc. And so where you find that bow, it's in that big central room. And then, of course, right on top of that is where the big door is for the key, the big key. So it funnels you right to the boss pretty much at this point. Yeah, you know what you're getting into. And what are you getting into, Nick? Well, it's a boss battle with six, count them six, Armos statues. Yeah. Now, as we said, this game really doubles down on what we call Zelda logic, and that is, <laughs> if you don't know what to do or what weapon to use, it's probably the weapon or item you just got in this dungeon. Yeah. And boy, howdy, is it ever. Oh, yeah. These guys, you know, they, they hop around like the ones you've seen before. They they're, I think they're stronger, but... Mm-hmm. I, but I'm they rotate sure. this time in like a circular pattern. And they kind of grow, the pattern grows. So the circle of them grow from a small circle to a large circle, and they will catch you if you don't watch out and run to the corners. That's, yeah, right away, I'll usually get in, like, what, the bottom right, because I think they Mm -hmm. move clockwise, and you can shoot them. Like, as it's cool, too, as you hit them, you know, it'll knock them back and disrupt their pattern a little, and they'll take damage. Eventually, they will line up and then just come down at you, you know, vertical coming down you know they make a horizontal line and come down towards the thing but right. you can usually it only takes two or three arrows to kill one of these guys so. yeah you can just take that point when they're coming at you that's when it's easiest to kill them i think oh yeah and then uh, eventually they'll explode after a few arrow shots and then you'll get down to the final one and he'll turn red and, and then go <laughs> go wild start going crazy jumping around and then also I think it like does a stomp, like I'll jump in the air and then do a, a, a big room stomp. Or it'll come like right at you, like it'll okay. follow your location. Either way, whatever that stomp was just an excuse to run out of the way and then fire an arrow at it. I think, uh, can you even use your can you use your spin attack on these guys? You can use your sword, at least on the final guy, I know that much. Mm, yeah, this uh, uh, kind of... Uh, but I think it does work on all of them. You just have to get in so close with it that it, you'd probably take too much damage. Right, it's just that this is the first time we'll see... At least one other boss that does the similar, like, follow you around and try Mm -hmm. to smash you attack. And once you've defeated uh, this final one, the pendant falls from the ceiling. You get it, and then a heart container appears. This is a full heart container, not a piece of the heart. Oh, yeah. And once you've collected it, you get, like, a little vision message. I think, or, yeah, does he, like, contacts you and is like, come back to see me, or, you know? And then uh, you are warped to the entrance, the outside of the dungeon. Which, yeah, um... Which is a nice feature uh, retained from the first one. Every time you finish a, a level, you don't have to backtrack through the whole thing. So Right. And you do want to go visit him right away. Yeah, I mean, he's right there. You're in the same area, so... And when you do visit him? He gives you some exposition and the Pegasus shoes. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Uh, they give you that dash we talked about, mm-hmm. which, you know, note, all you have to do to end that dash is hit a different direction. Right, right. So don't be afraid. No, this is a big time saver until you get the bird. I'm sorry, duck. The Yes. If you want to, you know, break sequence or try to get as much stuff as you can before the next uh, palace, there's a couple things you can do. You can go get the book Yeah, well, well, I mean, You kind of have to get that, right, to open the... Oh, for the second one. The yeah, desert right. palace, but I don't... Does he even hint towards it to you? I think he says, he's like, you need to figure out how to read it or something. Mm-hmm. But that book is right south of the village in a book room. It's the only thing that yeah. that room ever does. There's a little library. It's, yeah, it has like a quill-looking sign above it. But mm-hmm. you go in there, 
ram yourself into a bookshelf and knock that bad boy off the top, and uh, you're good to go. You are. And now that you have the Pegasus boots, there are a few more things you can do. There are these piles of rocks. While you can't lift them, you can run into them and it'll break them up. And sometimes there'll just be fairies in, but you'll also find stairs. Uh, like right above the sanctuary, that's one that has uh, stairs down to a piece of heart. Mm, yeah. You can get it right now. I know there's, uh, whenever you save and quit, you come back at your original, your uncle's house. Mm-hmm. And just to the northwest of it, there's a little pile of rocks that's a, there's like five fairies in there. So oh. that's an area where it's like, if you have to start over, you can fill out your life right away and okay, maybe grab some bottles. And then if you want to, you can run down to the swamp and uh, go inside the palace there, the palace ruins, and start the water pump. Oh, yeah. That'll flush out another piece of heart for you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Available at this point. You can also go bomb a location right around Lake Hylia to find a thief that will give you 300 rupees. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, again, like a lot of these secrets, I was like, man, I wonder what I get. And it's like, oh, rupees. But I was always like, wow, like hundreds. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, and then you just keep going around like Hylia. And then that's where you'll find the fairy cave with the good bee in it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a secret way around the side of that. There's a place you can bomb. And that's where you get the ice rod. Oh, right, yeah. And then right before you go into the second level, you are really powered up yeah um and the ice rod while not required uh is actually a big help over here in the desert um it's Mm -hmm. any of these like you know those desert mud men guys yeah or sand men i guess like any kind of like desert themed guys seem to be pretty weak against the ice so and even in dungeons characters that may be too strong that you don't want to deal with and if you have a way out of that room freeze them and run yeah yeah i found that to be useful at times as well but eventually you're going to make your way down to the bottom left of the map. It shows you. You've been marked. It's been mm-hmm. marked, as mm-hmm. I should say. And uh, in the desert, you will find a uh, giant stone monolith or tablet blocking your path. Well, there's like a weird snakish head. Yeah, it's like there's these three statue things that, you know, you go into the center of them, use the book, and you get a funny little, like, spotlight, thoughtful-looking Link uh, animation, and then... You know, do 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 the you know the statues all rotate to open the path forward to the desert palace. Yeah, I guess he sings a song, oh. and that's what that's what officially is rotating those things, setting it off, and allows you to enter the desert palace. Now the desert palace has a bunch of new enemies as well. You'll yeah. find levers for the first time. They're back and just as awful as ever. Yeah, well, I'm no, just kidding. I don't mind them as much. They don't seem to be as as aggressive. Well, even, I mean, before, in the in the original Zelda, you were like, these are the guys to, to kill and get money from. But now I'm like, I could care less about your money. I don't even know what they drop. I don't, you know, I was like, whatever, who cares? Uh, you would get those little, like, I mean, I call them ant lions. Yeah. You know, they're in I the sand pit. Or... Technically, they are a red deviant. That's what they call them. Oh, okay. But most importantly, the worst en- enemy introduced in this area is Bemos. The laser statue thing? Yeah. Yeah, they what a uh, pain in the butt. You'll see this. It's a green statue with a eyeball, a clear eyeball sticking out of it that rotates around. And if you cross the path of the eyeball, you get a red laser beam that, and it's strong. Man. It's real strong at this point. But I will say, the animation on that eyeball rotating around is wonderful. No, oh, yeah, they they nailed it, and you definitely know what side it's on. Exactly, you can tell what angle it's looking at, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, and I mean, and that's important too because it's like if you. If you walk across its path and don't stop moving, you can get across there in time. It'll miss you, but if you're not moving, it's going to peg you. Definitely. Now, 
There are also uh, wall turrets in this dungeon. They shoot, I don't know, uh, cannonballs or something across. Yeah, yeah. That's just a timing thing. They're not too much trouble. Yeah, you can avoid those. Um, this is a cool dungeon. I like it because, I mean, okay, it's obviously it's the desert one. You're on sand. It's, you know, kind of a browner-ish yeah. stuff. But it has, um, what, three entrances? Well, yeah. you have the original one, then you have to go outside. And... So that is the unique aspect of this uh, palace is that there are times you have to leave the dungeon proper or palace and then exist on the outworld and then re-enter through another entrance. Yeah, it's but like... But yes, there are three different chunks. Because you'll find this is where you get your power glove, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think you need that to get to the entrance of the final... Yeah, so the big key in this uh, gives you the power glove and... You can actually skip a ton of this uh, level, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. I, I think I did on accident. I, I I don't remember being like, I was like, well, I'll go see what's in this other one, and I beat it. I know that once you go outside, if you head south along the rock wall, there's a heart container down there. That is one of the bonus ones. And then once you have that power glove, you can open the entrance to the final series of chambers. One thing we haven't talked about, which does appear back in this one, is there are sometimes these uh, braziers, these giant torch areas that you need to light. And you have yeah. to light so many of them to activate a thing. It's just one of your classic Zelda, like, fill everything, do everything in a room puzzle. This is the first, yeah, it's like, you know, once all four are lit, it's the wall slides over to reveal, you know. But you'll see more of these. This is the introduction, but uh, this is a type of puzzle that uh, will return. Yes. And once you make your way through there, you will find yourself... At the boss door, and the boss behind that door is Landmola. Yeah, the three Landmolas. Uh, yeah, which that's a returning enemy from the first one as well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, not that you could really recognize it from. <laughs> no, the fidelity has increased quite a bit. Yeah. These... And the colors changed. Yeah, yeah. This is like a green and brown yeah, thing. Yeah. Now. They used to. Yeah. What are they? Red in the first one. Red and blue. Yeah. Like most. <laughs> So these giant, these are a form of sandworm, I guess. And there's three of them. Now the key is you can only uh, hurt them when they come out of the sand. Yeah, they'll leap out and back down, and you got to hit them in the head while they're in the air, kind of. Now if you have the ice rod, it's super effective against these guys. Yeah, these guys are uh, very weak against it. And the arrows are pretty effective as well. But I, you know what? I had a hard time hitting them with either the arrow or the ice rod, to be honest with you. They have a really weird timing yeah, to when they come out and how they jump around. Well, and you have to watch out because when they emerge, it's like they send these rocks out mm -hmm. and, at angles. So you have to be on the right side. And then which way are they going? You don't know. You just see this little pile. Like I, um, For me, I, spin attack was the main way I defeated this boss. That was always the classic one. Um, I beamed around with my ice rod because I was just checking it out. And I was like, oh, this is strong. I didn't, you know, I, I got some hits on him. So I figured I'll, you know, I'll take what I can get out of my meager magic meter. And then, it's, you know, the spin attack is uh, pretty useful because you get them from whatever angle. You yeah, know? you just get near them and then spin and you're, one of them is going to get hit. Yeah. And I mean, you can't, eventually you'll kill one and two. And then finally, the third one will meet its fate. You defeat these creatures and are again rewarded with a pendant. And another full heart container. Yes. Refills your heart, your magic, you're ready to roll. Feeling fine and cherry wine. Now, uh, side note, you can, from this point, go get uh, the Zora Flippers if you want. Yes. And you should have enough money, no uh, problem. Yeah, this is where I made a note. This is my first kind of loop. While you're up there, you might as well visit the waterfall. Well, I mean, once you get them, you, they, you yes. do need them. But Then you go to the waterfall and do your first set of upgrades. Yeah, get your magic boomerang and your red shield. 
um, you can. Now you got the flippers. You can go under the bridge, get your uh, third bottle. And you you should because, I mm-hmm. mean, you always want to have max bottles. It's all about the bottles. And, and it, for me, it really is. I mean, I rely on those bottles as part of my, my strategy for well, almost every <laughs> every uh, boss or last couple doors before the boss. You have to, man. Yes, you can also go to the Pond of Happiness at this point. Yeah, now you can start uh, you know, throwing in those rupees if you got some left. Yeah, and here's the thing. From this point on, you'll never need more than, what, like 100, 200 for any like story point? I don't, I don't even know that you do. Like, it's just potions, I, right? Yeah, um, so at this point, I would just, anytime I was in the area, I would go donate enough rupees to get down to 100. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because... I mean, I'm going to get them back any second now. Yeah. And why not have more bombs and arrows? It's it, super easy. Yeah, absolutely. Makes it um, makes it really nice <laughs> to not have to ever worry about any of those things. One thing, though, um, I mean, obviously you already have the red shield. Yeah. So you don't need the money. But if you get to the dark world without finding it, there's a store that will sell it. Okay. You can upgrade there, but you shouldn't. That's a waste of money. But whatever, you got plenty. So either way. Either way. That's about all you can do before it's time to bite the bullet and head up to death mountain yeah this is a an interesting adventure because you'll go and you know the entrance is through some caves on the west side of yeah northeast ish of the village yeah you just find a bunch of keys in there and then you come out and uh very reminiscent of zelda one you are dodging boulders yeah, yeah there's a new enemy though it's like a weird armadillo that if you hit turns to stone yeah those things i called them stone squirrels i thought they looked like squirrels oh, but okay. i hate them they are the most annoying enemy because it's like they can block your path. Yeah, you can knock them into a spot, and then you're like, well, no, I just have to wait for it to respawn. They I just run at ignore you. them. If you just don't attack them, they rarely come that close to you. Yeah, they're just, I mean, between them and the boulders. So the boulders. Let's talk about these boulders, because, man, I, there were times that I was like, this is the most unfair, stupid part of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there were other times where I was like, what was I talking about? This is pure cake. Like it's. It, it was like there was no middle ground. I either felt <laughs> like I was, you know on the edge of dying from being pummeled by these boulders or I was cakewalking and they were all so far away from me. It didn't matter. Yeah. It's it, there. It's weird. They're a lot bigger and uh, there are stronger, I think than they were yeah. in the first one. You so. can get quite beaten down here, but there is a dude hiding in the cave. Well, right yeah, in the middle you, of you meet him in the, on the way in mm-hmm. and he like guides you with the crappiest directions ever through this cave. Like yes. if I didn't, I just remember he's like, turn right here. And I'm like, no, you mean head right. To my right, the viewer, you are, you know, not the not the right of the yeah. of the guy. Because I remember I was like, I thought you go this way, but either way, it's, it, you just muddle your way through that, and then he kind of tells you about the moon pearl. Yeah, and he will also heal you anytime you come into that room, which is nice because I almost always take at least a little damage by the time I get there. So <laughs> exactly, and uh, you know, you've heard the good word. You can also in this area uh, jump down and pick up a heart container real quick. Oh right, yeah. Well, this is yeah. You can you can start to explore Death Mountain a bit here, but it's kind of uh, limited in that you're you need a hookshot and hammers and other stuff to really, really... You're just trying to get to the top where you will find a weird looking blue tile that is like a undulating diamonds. Right. Well, well I mean, you'll see that big tower first, the mm-hmm. Tower of Hera, which hilariously, I'm like Hera. The Greek goddess? What what does she have to do with the Triforce? But she well, built a tower here, so maybe she was one of the gods. I guess, maybe. That, that <laughs> the Triforce of referred to in Japan. But yeah, you see that, but you can't get to it. But you do find this crazy tile, and when you step on it, oh yeah, it's mode seven time. Yeah, you the the screen warps, you get a cool wavy effect. 
And when you return, you are now in the dark world. Yeah, and uh, but you're no longer Link. No, you're a, a pink bunny. Oh, but you are wearing the same clothes. You've lost your hat, though. I don't know where it goes. Oh. Now, you are helpless. <laughs> but you can still use some of your items. And luckily, we forgot to tell you, <laughs> that old man, not only can he heal you, he gave you the mirror, the magic mirror, very useful item. And you need to go over to where there once was a outcropping, a yeah. bone-shaped mountaintop. I always, I always thought of that as like spectacle rock. Because okay, it looks like glasses, that. kind of. I don't know if they... I don't think they refer to it as such. Right. But I can see that. And then once you're on top of it, you use your magic mirror, and you will return to the light world. And there will be like a fuzzy little cloud that will allow you to go back. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to go back. Yeah, there's nothing for you there. Now that you're on top of this um, spectacle rock, perhaps, <laughs> you can jump off the other side of it and enter the Tower of Hera. Dun, dun, dun. And oh, what a tower. Yeah, this is uh, you know, this is your first one that really shows you. You know, it's like five or six levels high. You know, you're going very vertical uh map here. Oh, definitely. Not only are there many floors to this, set six floors, six floors. You can fall in many ways between one, two, three, four of them. This introduces a lot of uh, firsts for this game. Uh, you get the the tiles that drop. Mm-hmm. Start showing up here, and you can fall down those. Uh, the crystal switches, the red blue ones, mm-hmm. with the the elevate the different blocks. Yeah, and that's a huge, huge uh, part of this dungeon, and a couple other ones. But man, in this one, it's all about figuring out where you're going to throw that boomerang, and sometimes use your bomb. I mean, that's another key factor. Is you can also activate these switches by using a bomb, and yeah. therefore you're gonna a lot of times leave a bomb there so that you can be in a different area once it activates the switches yeah it's uh it's kind of fun little puzzles um it is the part i don't like i don't like the puzzles where you got to figure out what hole to drop it in the ground to me that's a little cheap if you don't so much trial and error it's true um and there's um there's also those weird little star tiles here where you know you'll have floors on the ground and when you step on one of these little star tiles it'll shift all of the the yeah. holes go to different positions every time you step on one of these. So mm-hmm. there's not too involved here yet, but it will be. No, you oh. can get caught up in it a little bit when you're trying to get to the um, boss rooms or the big chest. Yeah. I think that's when I got tripped up a little bit. But even though this is six floors, they're all pretty small. Yeah, it's so I mean, it is a tower, but there's not a lot of places to really get lost in or confused. It's pretty straightforward. You know, once you get to a new floor, if you don't know what to do, fall through the holes. Maybe you'll find that fairy fountain. I think this is where you'll first see those big blue bumpers, right? Oh, goodness. And those stupid, uh, the, I mean, I call them rubber balls, but those they look like a crystal ball thing that's animated. Mm-hmm. And they're super bouncy. Like, they bounce back a lot when you hit them and vice versa. And they'll bounce off those bumpers. And, you know, it's all about knocking you down and falling down a pit and having to start over this room. So, Nick, is there a uh, big chest here in this level? Uh is there? there is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what is in that big chest, Nick? The one, the only, Moon Pearl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's I kind mean, of a letdown. You don't really get to use it as an item. It's just in your inventory and as a passive feature that doesn't really matter. No, I mean, it will allow you to retain your shape in the dark world. So I, I mean, guess it's nice to attack in the dark <laughs> world. But either way, it's kind of a letdown that you don't get to use it in this uh, particular dungeon or castle, as it would be. Tower. Tis true. Now, you do, right after getting that, pretty much make your way to the boss of this level. 
And who is this boss, Nick? I think it's a re- returning face. It is our old friend Maldorm. The giant worm? Is that what it, we're I mean, led to believe it is? It just looked like five red dots before, but... Uh, well, now it's five uh, Mode 7 balls. Yes, and this boss is not exactly hard, but it can be a pain in the butt because it's oh. a very small floor. Yeah, and what it is is that it knocks you around and is yeah. only vulnerable at its tail yeah. as it comes around. Now, the majority of the area you fight this in is on an elevated platform that has no edges. So if you get knocked off, you're going down to the floor below and heading back up. Yes. Starting over. The key is you really want to um, be backed up against the one wall there is. Oh, sure, yeah. And that gives you a little bit of coverage. But again, early in the game, this is one of those wonderful spin attack times. Oh, yeah. This is definitely... Um, I think, what, what's it take, like five or six hits? It takes five hits. Okay. So yes. not too many, but still more than you would like to have to uh, spend on that. Because when you hit it, you also take a little bit of a bounce as well. Yeah, that's the the trick. Is and you know, and it's a very erratic movement pattern. This guy's shuffling, you know, all around, loop de loops. But you know, if you're quick, you get the spin attacks in when you need to. You can destroy this guy, pick up your heart piece, get your final pendant. Three now, pendants, baby. You've got all three. Once you do, do you get like what is it a vision? Someone tells you that now it's time. Oh, it's yeah, it's Sahasrala. Time to go get that master sword. Where is the master sword? Well, it's in the Lost Woods, where it's always been ever since. Yeah. <laughs> Which, so yeah, yeah, Lost Woods is just uh, to the west of Death Mountain. Yeah, you you want to go the... in from the top right portion of the woods though. Yeah, because there's there are th- like what three entrances? Mm-hmm. There's two from the village. Which one is blocked by a, a rock that uh, you need the Titan's Mint to move, I believe. Correct. And then the one you want to go in is the top right entrance. And it's really not hard to find. You just no. go up and down. Well, it's over there by the, the left co- top left corner. Yeah, the, the Bumpkin Brothers, the Woodsmen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's right over by their house. And then you find the pedestal in the hazy back part of the woods. Yeah, this is... I mean, I like the... There's the, animals. I all around the the thing that's cool about the lost woods is how you know it's all like misty and mm-hmm. there's a bunch of fake master swords like the you know, yeah. all around so i thought that was a, a funny little you know kind of touch there's like the thief guy he will steal money meet. from you yeah and uh i mean you can if you haven't got the mushroom yet you can get it now but either way it's it's not too tough to find the master sword and then you get into the like you know, it's you run in there and there's Disney animals and yeah, uh, it's a beautiful clearing full of Disney animals that are just waiting for you to show up and save the day. And uh, you get up there, you pull the master sword out, you get that nice little shing, the swirl right. flourish of graphics. It's it's a wonderful feeling. I think you get a nice sounds come in of the theme, and you now have the ability to shoot a sword beam. Yes, it's pretty cool. Indeed, um, especially right now when you're up against a lot more weak things. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's, yeah. Um, the big thing about the sword beam for me was less about killing guys and just knocking them out of the way. Like, you know, I'm just like, go away. So is I, this where, um, so after you get the master sword now, the mist lifts, right, from the Lost Woods. Mm-hmm. And then I just uh, wanted to give a little shout out because I love the way you can see the kind of dappled sunlight coming through. You know, there's a pattern for the leaves, oh, yeah. you know, on the ground, like where it's like it's you're in the shade, but some parts are are lit up from the sun. It looks really awesome. There's a lot of these overlays for shadow and light in mm-hmm. this game that are just so cool, man. The way they layer it really adds that depth and that richness to the world. It was a, it, 
this was a graphic touch that I noticed as a child and I still love. So Now, depending on uh, what you're feeling, you can uh, go back up to the dark world again, run around. There's a couple things you can do, I think, from that well, point. Well, that's true now that you have the pearl. Well, now, I, I think you get another message. You know, the sage is like, you know, you go to, really, you go to Castle Hyrule next to, you know, you head in. Um, I, I believe you can just roll in through the gate, right? Like, Well, once you go visit the sanctuary, you find that Princess Zelda is gone. Oh, right, yeah. And uh, this dude is knocked out on the ground. He's like, oh, go save her, Link, or some junk <laughs> like that. So you got to book it over to the castle, roll into that front door. and uh, Which, I mean, one thing about the castle, after your first adventure, you know, into the rescuing Zelda, the whole other time is you, you, I stayed the heck away from it because there are knights and guards everywhere. But there's, you can go back to it whenever you want. Yeah, there's... And, but, I mean, I just really like how it's like, if you even go near, you know, there's guys with bombs and swords and bows. They're all throwing stuff. Like, they're all high alert. And if you had explored the castle earlier with Zelda in tow from the first part of the game, you may have noticed at the top of it there was a weird energy field blocking a door. Yeah. And that's where you want to make your way to. It's the very top of the castle. It was where you can get to at this point. That's right. With the Master Sword, you can slash it down. It'll shoot. Very unintuitive, though. I ran into it and was like, oh. Oh, still yeah. got, I was like, what What do I do? Oh, and you swing at it. You don't think you swing at like an energy beam. Right, right. Yeah. But you do, and you break that seal, and then you can walk right into the top layers of this castle. Mm-hmm. And the top of Hyrule Castle looks a lot like the bottom half. It's gold. You get a lot more ball and chain troopers, some gold ones that are even harder. Yeah, you do. And then you're introduced to a series of kind of maze puzzles where you need to light up these braziers to light up the room and you only have so much time to get through the areas right. before they go out yeah because each one's got like 10 15 seconds or something as it'll start to they'll you'll see them dimming yeah there's a lot of areas in this part where you're gonna need your uh lantern out for sure mm-hmm. you fight spear knights and this thing is all just super linear you're just moving up and through and through and through um until you get to the top take it to the top and at the top whoa it is the wizard Aganem. Yeah, you'll see him in his little chamber. It has like princess on the on an altar. Mm-hmm. And does, it's a cool looking altar. Yeah, and it does a cool little spell, and she like lip floats up. And wait, this... I want to talk about this altar for just half a second. Sure. It looks like it's like the top half of two monster heads, like the skulls. Right. Like if you took the two halves of them, and then that was the end boards of this uh, bed slash altar. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's awesome because it's not like one creature that would eat them. It's like two creatures together. I don't know. I love it. But yeah, all the effects in this magic part are really cool looking. Yeah, but you see Princess Zelda float into the air and you get some little like energies come out and then she disappears and Aghanim retreats through to the back of the room. Yeah, and you just have to run through the curtains after him. And now you're in like uh, just a really weird plain room. I do want to say something that... You know, when I was looking at the manual, I perused over the secrets pamphlet. Mm-hmm. And one of the secrets was, they're like, Aghanim made Princess Zelda disappear. Now what do I do? And it's like, go slash the curtains. And I was like, if you needed that, you suck. Like, they should <laughs> right. not have put that in the pamphlet. <laughs> and then apologies to anyone that needed that when they were a kid. Sorry. You want to fight about it? <laughs> I'll just hide behind a curtain and you won't know where I went. But... If you do figure out how to get through this curtain, you find yourself in a pretty plain room. The door slams behind you, and now the fight with Aghanim is on. Yes, and uh, the downside to this bad boy is that you can't actually hurt him. 
No, no, he is just too powerful. You know, we've said it a lot, and I'm going to keep saying it. Once again, they introduce a very familiar mechanic in the <laughs> world of Zelda, and that is that you can knock back his energy blast to him and hurt him. Yeah, he's got, he really has, he has three attacks. There's, you know, he, the he's blue. teleporting around. Yes, he teleports all over the room, and he's got the blue fireball. Yeah, that you want to pound back. Yes. And then there's the the little spread shot that's got like six little bullets that, you know, it looks like a cluster of mm-hmm. six. and Avoid you, that one. You, you can hit it. it. But it'll explode and they'll all come out in different yeah. directions. You avoid that one. And then when he teleports to the top middle of the room, he will stop and do a big lightning attack. Yeah. which You can avoid that pretty easy. It's it, very telegraphed. It only comes from that one location. So if he starts heading up there, you just follow him and you'll be fine. Yes. But yeah, so you have to hit him with what, six? Five or six, I think bounce back his energy orbs and yeah i mean it sounds simpler but it's kind of tough because you have to get the angle of your swipe and you know well i found that if you were within about half of the space of the room of him and you were facing him as you did it it would almost always go back close enough to him to hurt him gotcha that was kind of my theory i just really like how it's like depending on where you are in the slash when you, you contact yeah. the uh, the magic ball, it'll come at a different angle, kind of. Well, that's highlighted in a later fight, for sure. Right, right. But so. not as noticeable in this one. I found if you got close to him, it was pretty easy to knock it right back into him. Sure. Yeah, he's not. He's a wizard. He's not that tough. He is not that tough. Honestly, maybe five or six attacks later, he's going down. But or is he? From the clutches of death, he teleports you to the dark world. And not just the dark world, you are now at the top of a giant pyramid. Yeah, where you might have noticed it if you looked at the map when you were briefly in the dark world before. But, you know, it's instead of the castle of Hyrule in the center of the world, there's a big uh, pyramid. So. Multi-leveled, tiered pyramid with a flat top. Maybe an altar? I don't know. But that's where you start. Indeed. And I hate to say it, I think that's where we're going to end. <laughs> Part two of this podcast. Yes, this massive labor of love for The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. Next week, I promise we will make it all the way through the Dark World, its various dungeons, and give this game a review, even though, I hate to say it, but I think you pretty much know what those scores are going to be like. (laughs) Straight ones. All ones, all the time. All right, well, next week's game will continue to be The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. It will be part three, and we promise it will be the final part. An unprecedented third episode. Indeed. So, if you haven't yet, somehow, played this game, and we have, at this point, inspired you to do so, please go find a copy any way you can. It's on every Nintendo system put out since the Super Nintendo, I feel like. It's very available. Grab your controllers and play along, friends. And if there's anything else you want to talk to us about or just get in touch, give us a shout-out at... CartridgeCommand at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you. Of course, you can like the show on Facebook at Cartridge Command. Share your thoughts. Share your memories. Share your money. Follow us on the Twitter at Cart Command. And, of course, you can subscribe to the show on whatever podcasting device you use. If you are using iTunes, hey, give us a review. Hopefully you like the show, and you'll give us a good review, and that does good things for us. Yeah, we like good stuff. I We genuinely do. And, of course, we must always thank our wonderful supporters on Patreon.com slash Cartridge Command for it's their generosity that makes this show happen. 
while I may be overflowing with rupees in the world of Hyrule, my pockets are not as full in the real world. Unfortunately. But you guys make it so that we can do this show, and we very much appreciate it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And, as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game On! Based on time. That's what that note says. Oh, okay, sweet. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, me. Hey, yo. Hey, order based on time, Nick. Hello. Don't know what that means. Bummer. <laughs>